Third down and three. Quick throw. What a catch. Samuel stays upright. Terrific catch and run. One-on-one with Ramsey. Can't bring him down. Samuel. Highlight reel. Touchdown. In the entertainment capital of the world. Kirk Cousins back to throw on fourth and 18. He's given time. He wants Jefferson. Climbs the ladder. Oh, my goodness. It's the T.C. Martin Show. 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 and 10 for Mahomes. Pressure, and he sacks! First one of the day, and it's Bosa who gets home. T.C. Martin. T.C. Martin. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor. He is electrifying! T.C. Martin. Is this for real? Oh my goodness! Can he do it twice? T.C. Martin. Can you believe it? Even a little Dion strut to the end zone. Glad to have you with us here on this fabulous football Friday. T.C. Martin, Marco D'Angelo in the house where, of course, here at the Westgate Las Vegas, our Friday home inside the world-famous Superbook. Numchuck back in the studios. And today, yes, we talk about NFL week number two. We dive into that today, as well as college football, technically, I guess, week number three. We'll talk some Las Vegas Aces for you and a whole lot more. Of course, we invite you to roll with us here at the world-famous Superbook inside the Westgate Las Vegas, 2 to 4 p.m., of course, Pacific time. And wherever you are joining us, uh, we are glad to have you here as we will have our best bet segment, as we always do each and every Friday a little bit later on in the show. Trevor Maddich will join us, ESPN's college football analyst, and, of course, uh, part of our team for a long, long time now. Great friend and uh Pretty good handicapper, too, as it's turning out for, for Trevor Maddich. So follow along with us. Best bets today coming up a little bit later on. Jay Cornergay will join us, the vice president of race and sportsbook operations here at the Superbook. So he will join us a little bit later on this hour. Marco D'Angelo, what's happening, my friend? Uh, it's a beautiful Friday. We got action tonight, college football. We had NFL action last night, a couple uh, college games. I know you were... <laughs> watching those games last night and uh some uh, the games are never over till they're over are they tc uh the minnesota game was a crazy game minnesota did move the football well they kept shooting themselves in the foot turning the ball over and then we're all of a sudden getting blown out and then we had a game of it uh late for the old uh backdoor cover i'm sure when we talk to uh, jay later in the show today uh, not a good number to land on the way the betting went in that game. Jay always loves when I bring up those kind of things because that game opened up uh, very briefly at seven and a half, then was seven, then was six and a half, closed at six. So if you are a sharp better, the worst you you know you should not have lost the game if you were betting the dog, uh, and then you might have had some people come in and take Philadelphia at six and end up being a push. So I don't think it was going to be a good out outcome for the books. Well, listen, if you had the Minnesota Vikings last night, you better thank your lucky stars because you were really never in that ball game if you had the Vikings. I mean, you were down double digits throughout, and yeah, they cut it down to one score there at the end, but I don't think the six, six and a half, or seven really it should have even come into play because the Eagles thoroughly dominated that game. Minnesota killed themselves. Uh, Kirk Cousins showed up like we see Kirk Cousins. And then how about Justin Jefferson? Just about everyone's number one overall pick in fantasy from the wide receiver position. Talk about one of the most bonehead plays that he makes. You know, loses the football at the goal line. And I know that had a lot of people, uh, you know, that bet the Vikings or maybe even bet the first half. Uh, had them going ballistic. You don't expect that. But the bottom line is... The Eagles were the better team coming into the game. That's why they were a touchdown favorite. And if you had Minnesota, just be thankful. If you if you were one of the, the lucky ones that had six points, because you should have lost the game. 
Well, I had a teaser, so I had uh, you know I had twelve and a half points. I, so I, I love it that, that finally between September and, and and the first of February that Marco D'Angelo gets on my bandwagon with teasers because that's yep. the only time frame he's on the teaser. So I love it when we say teaser. Oh, and guess what? You got teaser pleaser again. No, Thank you. you Manipulate the line. See, no, in all sports, no basketball, so you, everything. You started out so well. Oh, I'm so happy that it's September <laughs> and now Marco. Is playing teasers when it is the plus EV time to do it. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, I don't do it the rest of the year oh. when it's not yeah, plus people, EV. People don't cash tickets and basketball teasers. Come on, man. Come uh, on, man. Yeah, come on. we've had this discussion. You're just a lost cause on this. Subject. Lost cause. How many times, honestly? How many times during the course of the basketball season that I had a teaser, or maybe you didn't, and I had to point to you? Look, teaser pleaser, teaser pleaser. So you can get EV in basketball as well. You can. Extra value I, for those scoring I'm gonna, at home. I'm going to ask Jay if he gets any anxiety in basketball season when he has exposure on teasers like he does in the NFL. Well, the, the <laughs> handle isn't the same as we know. I mean, so there's not a whole bunch of, of great exposure in basketball in general in comparison to the National Football League. Okay. There you yeah. go. And there's no sharp action on, on the teasers in basketball season. You're not going to win this one with you, me. I'm sorry. I and I know my buddy Scott gives you the same uh, hard time that I do. He does, but then again, I just hear crickets when, no. when I'm cashing no. uh, teaser tickets. I'm hearing, you know. What do you call him and I? Handicapper foodies. <laughs> you don't. Extraordinary. There's a reason for that. Okay, extraordinary. It's, it's not betting basketball teasers. That's what it is. <laughs> How'd you do last week on our best bets? Oh, there we're gonna. Where, where are we gonna go? Oh, your handicapper yeah. extraordinary. <laughs> Which you are. You know. Come just understand. You know. Do you ever hear the song "You Don't Count Your Money" when just you're sitting give, at the table? Just give some credit when credit is due, instead of you know the, you know the. Well, yeah, you got lucky on that one, or or the square play came through. Okay. You do understand that a broken clock is correct twice a day is also. Oh really? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I hope that is in reference to somebody else who's walking by it, not me. <laughs> <laughs> broken clock. Uh, I think you got some other broken parts, but, my friend. We, yeah. won't, we won't go into that right but, now because I know <laughs> I know the lovely Lori's listening. Yeah. Let's go back to the end of the first half, though. It is a three-point game, ten-seven. Oh, the excuse train sounds like it's coming. No, I'm, ta I'm talking for the people that that had okay. Minnesota plus three and a half first half bet, or if you had Philadelphia plus three and a half. You are going in for. The go-ahead touchdown with 34 seconds left. And as you said, Jefferson tries to make the play, extends, which I never understand. You know why they got to do. You're going to have first and goal with the inch line. Oh, but okay. that, but yeah. he doesn't get credit for the touchdown. Well, though. This, this, well it, you know, he was worried factor. about his, he was worried about his fantasy. You know, guys. All of that. That yeah, that, that, and that, that, yeah. that and bonus money. Yeah. For you know touchdowns at the end of the year. So the ball goes through the end zone instead of being out at the you know the inch line. And there's only 34 seconds left. And what is Philadelphia going to do? They're going to hand the football off, right? All right, the ball's at the 20. There's 34 seconds left. You know what they're going to do. And he gashes them for like 30 yards to you know to midfield. So now all of a sudden, oh, we're at midfield. We got 20. Now we're going to get serious here and try to score. And not only do they score, they, they cover the they they cover that with three. a Jake Elliott 61-yard field goal. Yeah. Yeah. So you you've got to feel bad for anybody that had Minnesota plus three and a half. I wasn't involved in a first half wager okay. in that game. I was only full game on that. But you you talk about ready to count your money. I mean you're you're there. That's what's the beauty of sports betting. You the, know the and, beauty? Yeah. That's the why, agony. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, that's why if you look around in this booth and around the casino there's a lot of people that you know are follically challenged with their you know their hairlines and it, this is sports betting so i'll give one to you exactly same night last night if, you, if you're flipping back and forth is oh, this a bad beat story it's a bad beat story <laughs> just like what you're talking about same topic right and I was going to say, if you're flipping back and forth, but good luck if you were flipping back and forth from Prime Video last night to ESPN. I tried it. 
miserable experience. Miserable experience. Took forever. Couldn't do it. Can't stand it. That's one of your terrible Tuesday topics because the streaming is not conducive to that nightmare. At all. It's a nightmare. Exactly. It is a total nightmare. And again, I haven't got the YouTube package yet for the Sunday ticket because I was working, you know, doing the Aces last Sunday. And I didn't get it for this weekend as well because I'll be doing the same thing. We've got a 12 noon game just like we did last week. So I said, what's the use? Because I'm still not sure if I'm going to do this. It would be the first time I've never had the NFL Sunday ticket. But, of course, DirecTV, not having it now. So now I'm really thinking this thing over like, hey, how easy is this going uh, to be to to watch this stuff? So Prime Video last night, I'm trying to you know watch the – the Memphis Navy uh, game, and it was a nightmare going back and forth. But what's more of a nightmare was if you had Memphis and you're laying 13, 13 and a half, or if you have a teaser and you're laying, you know, seven, six and a half, or six, whatever you got on the teaser, right? Memphis is up by seven. Five minutes to go in the game. And they have the ball like at their own 30-35 yard line. And their defense really showed up in the second half. Their running back breaks one. Goes all the way down to the one foot line. One foot line. Now, they marked it first to goal at the one foot line. But then they said, wait a minute, we need to review this. Because it looked like he extended the ball over the pylon. And it's going to be a touchdown. So they go back to the review, and they look back at it, and he did do it, extended the ball over the pylon. However, his toenail, <laughs> he's wearing white cleats on the the white out-of-bounds on the sideline, and they zoom in, and they say, well, yep, it looks like his foot, his toenail, touched the white. So we can't overturn it because we called it first and goal from the one-foot line. Eh, no big deal. So they have the ball, Memphis, first down, and goal at the one-foot line. You and I'm thinking, I'm the pessimist just like you, you know, he should, you know, get in in one of, like, three or four tries, no problem. First play, quarterback goes in the backfield, hands the ball off to the running back. Instead of just diving over like a Jalen Hurts did twice last night, this Hammonager hands it off three yards in the back of the backfield, can't hand the ball off to the running back. Goes off the running back's knee into the end zone. Fumble. Navy recovers. So they're up seven. What happens? Navy got all this enthusiasm now. They got some juice. March right down the field. And they kick a field goal for a four-point Why did win. they kick? How many minutes were left when they kicked the field goal? Uh, probably about four, something like that. So you're yeah. still yeah. down four. You need still need a touchdown. Yeah. Yeah, well, for the teaser, if I feel yeah, for them. Yeah, you so, were, they they were down seven. Yeah, it should have been fourteen with the touchdown, right? But yeah, they, where they, is the logic in kicking the field goal? Oh, if it makes it, it was fourth and thirteen because it kept going backwards. They got it like down to the to the twenty, and they kept going backwards. Like, well, we got to get some points. We still got some time here, and of course, you know, Memphis. Well, they'll kind of basically go Neil Diamond, yeah. and then <laughs> Neil Diamond. Yeah, <laughs> uh, so uh. that was a bad beat. I'm not kidding, Marco. Less than an inch, probably, from that being a touchdown. Now, Navy may come down score a touchdown, but still, if you're laying six or six and a half on the teaser, pleaser, you're good. You're gold. That puts it up 14. But two bad beats, one in the NFL and one in college football last night. At least we got that bitch session out of the way. You feel better? Mm. Hey, you know, having this show just saved you $100 in a therapy visit. Yeah, except the problem is i got to be my own doctor. <laughs> well, you are the doctor. <laughs> Can you write prescriptions? <laughs> oh, we need it. All right, man. Uh, we will talk. We'll handicap the card on the college side and the NFL side. Uh, let's talk about the Aces. They will be back in action tomorrow back at the Michelob Ultra Arena. Sunday, sir. I'm sorry, Sunday. I always get the days mixed up, yeah. <laughs> Sunday, 12 noon, back at Michelob Ultra Arena after having the last two games at T-Mobile Arena. Game one of the playoffs, the quarterfinals, Aces open up against the eight seed Chicago Sky. Aces won handily 87-59 to uh, in that game. That was game one. Aces drew 12,900 uh, in that game. 
in the last regular season game, which was last Sunday, 17,400. So those two games combined at T-Mobile Arena drew over 30,000 fans. You were at the game, the first, uh, game one of the playoff game. What was your take on uh, seeing basketball, seeing the Aces WNBA in that building? Oh, it was nice to see them in, you know, in the bigger venue, and nothing wrong with Mandalay Bay. You know, that's a great Michelob uh, Light Arena there. Uh, is a ultra arena. Sorry, yeah. not light, ultra. But uh, it makes it feel like, because it was a playoff game, it's almost like, shouldn't all the playoff games be at the the, the shiny new, the, you know, the bigger yeah. plays, the yeah. shiny new play. And we're not there yet with the WNBA, but it's nice to see. And you know it with the games at Mandalay Bay. I love seeing all of the families that go to the games. You know, you don't you don't see that in the other sports like that. Um, so you know, yeah. They're, and when you're going to the younger crowd. It'll take years, but those kids that are going to those games now and creating those memories with their parents, that's how we got into sports. You know, my dad took me to sports, and, you know, I fell in love with this sport, fell in love with that sport, really fell in love with horse racing, you know, and then there I am, you know. This is what's going to happen with, uh, you know, women's basketball. It will continue to grow. Yeah, and there's, like I said, the... They're at the Mandalay Bay. They have the contract with Mandalay Bay. They were displaced because they had the Toyota convention that was there for uh, more than a week. So you had to play your uh, regular season finale uh, there somewhere else. And it was great to see T-Mobile step up because the building was open. And, and that's uh, the situation, too, is like you can't play every game at T-Mobile Arena because there's a lot more conflicts with major concerts and other things of that nature. Even though Mandalay Bay you know, p- puts these games on hold for for the aces uh you do get displaced every once in a while but i'll say it was a lot better playing there than say at the thomas and mack center or or somewhere else but uh michael arena is fantastic and, and the players in becky hammond they liked playing at t-mobile arena that uh, experience but when you truly have a home court advantage the way you have at Mandalay Bay in the Michelob Ultra Arena, uh, they can hardly wait to get back there. And so they will get back there uh, not only for tomorrow, but the rest of the duration of the playoffs. And, uh, yeah, that that seat's a you know, complete sellout there is 10,300. But what a home court advantage it is. So it's really not like, uh, you know, it, it's, it's a lesser home. I mean, it probably is a better home for the Aces because that's where – the people are used to, to, to going and seeing the Aces have their, their locker rooms or facilities all there. So uh, the players really like it better, too. But I will say this. Uh, from a parking perspective, getting out of T-Mobile Arena, especially when you have 17,000 or even you know, 13,000, uh, it can be a nightmare. Well, given Tropicana Avenue right now is a nightmare. That's, yes. the, that's the problem. But one thing that you know I will say that you might, get that you can't get at Mandalay Bay. Yes, there's people at Mandalay Bay and you can get some maybe game day walk up. But when you're on the strip and you know, especially now Sunday again and we had this discussion last week, unfortunately you're going to be going right in the middle of the NFL action. So you that's kind of tough to compete with. But when you're on the strip like they were the other night, you can get walk up. Hey, there's a playoff game. Yeah. T-Mobile's right there. We got that big billboard, you know, Aces playing, you know, game one. That's something that, you know, I talked about when the baseball team, you know, when the A's finally get here and if they're playing it where they're proposing it to be. You'll get tons of walk up with that. That's going to be so cool to be walking down the strip and, you know, what do you want to do tonight? Let's go to a baseball game or let's go to the A's game. So that's something that's nice. But if I remember from last year, correct me if I'm wrong, if the Aces would not have clinched the championship on the road in Connecticut, weren't they dis- going to be displaced for Game 5? Game 5? Game 5 would have been at the MGM Grand. Exactly. Because when they book those dates, the postseason dates, they figure, okay, well, we don't know what's going to happen. And sometimes you take a, take a chance with that and you get displaced because – you know, you have a lot of money being offered for these conventions, yeah. and that's what you get at in Mandalay Bay and Michelob Ultra Arena. You know that that is a possibility. So they'll block out all the regular season games, but you know, a lot of times, and we've seen it with the NBA as mm-hmm. well too. And it just 
Hey, it's just the way it is. San Antonio Spurs get kicked out of their building for you know what is it? Two 10, weeks. 11, 10, yeah. 11 days. Yeah, two weeks. Yeah, yeah. It's just the, like just like UNLV. Yeah, the round the rodeo rodeo roundup. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, aces were fantastic, uh, 87-59 with the game one win. Uh, this should be a two-game sweep. Uh, they they win by 28 points. They they led wire to wire in game one uh, on Wednesday night. So uh, the core four was pretty spectacular. Again, big game from Chelsea Gray, Asia Wilson, uh, Jackie Young, and Kelsey Plum. And uh, I firmly expect uh, the aces to to go ahead and win again. A big number in that game, 16 and a half it was for Wednesday night, and I, I believe that number is hovering uh, around that number again. But, yeah, Chicago was just uh, discombobulated. They had a lot of infighting, arguing on the floor. Didn't look good. Clea Copper, their leading scorer, averaging nearly 20 points per contest. Uh, she was not going to start in that game because she did not play the game before. She's got an injury, but uh, she decided to give it a go and really wasn't much of a factor. So I, I almost think a replica of uh, game one is coming Sunday for game two. The key uh, for me from that game, the takeaway, and if this can move forward, she can build off of this and into the playoffs will be a big, big help because we've talked about, you know, we joke about the core four, the big four, whatever you want to call them. We haven't gotten much down the, you know, down the rest of the roster. But Alicia Clark had a, a tremendous game, in my opinion. She was all over the floor. She was hitting some open shots. And it's like, you know, you get one or two to go. Then it seems like, you know, you get that rhythm, you get that confidence. And if they can have somebody else that they can get quality minutes from uh, and be scoring, you know, I mean, they get the quality minutes defensively and whatever, but that scoreboard stays stuck on a number. And <laughs> sounds like somebody else's <laughs> bad beat again. <laughs> uh, uh, and that's the, and but they did cover the regular line they, of 16 I, and a half. I didn't want to lay 16 uh, and a half points in a game. I was looking at the, in the problem. And there's the thing where you talk about, you know, how the game flow goes. Yeah. Because they were so good, she was able, Becky, I'm speaking, she was able to rest this team. And I wasn't as much concerned about it because there were so many days off from the last game till the playoffs started and prior to the last game of the regular season they had you know a nice you know kind of rest there to recuperate so I thought they would go you know I wasn't concerned about the bench coming in and I won't say it but I have my nickname for the bench when they come in and it's when you know the scoreboard gets locked and it stays on those numbers uh, yeah, Alicia Clark, fantastic. This is the the reason why they went after Alicia Clark in the offseason because she's a two-time champion, won two titles with the Seattle Storm, uh, just a phenomenal defensive player, phenomenal three-point shooter, and she's got the leadership skills too. And we started to see a lot during the second half of the season of her coming in for Kia Stokes about the five-minute mark of the first quarter and the third quarter, and then when crunch time is out there for the most part, if it is a relatively close game, and the Aces don't play a lot of those, that Alicia Clark is in there. But you will have these crunch time games come playoffs. Not going to have it probably in this round, but you could have it a little bit in the semifinals. You're definitely going to have it in the finals because that's exactly what we saw last year. There were some close games in the semifinals last year against Seattle, um, and there were definitely close games against the Connecticut Sun in the finals. So you're going to need Alicia Clark, but you can say as much as you want about needing and wanting bench help. You're not going to get it for the most part. You're not. You're not going to get big games from Kayla George, Kirsten Bell. Kirsten Bell's minutes now have shrunk, okay, in favor of Sydney Colson, which I love mm -hmm. because Sydney Colson comes in and what she gives you is that veteran leadership, and her legs are definitely fresh. She she's can a hit. Spark plug. She, she's a spark plug. Yeah. If you notice, watch her get in the passing lane. Mm -hmm. She'll either have a steal or two every game, even in limited minutes. But for her to come in and spell Chelsea Gray at that, you know, first period, into the first period, into the second, or into the third and the fourth quarter, uh, it means a lot. And Sid is she knows the game. She's been in this league for nine years. She spent time. A lot of people don't know this. But she was an assistant coach for Texas A&M. As well, too, in the off season. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. So I mean, she's not. got that coach's mentality, and uh, she's a great player, and she can take care of the basketball for the most part. So I'm glad to see her getting more minutes. But again, 
the Aces have played an entire season without a full roster, missing two gigantic pieces, two all-star championship pieces. I mean, they're, the two people that they are missing, okay, with Candace Parker and Raquana Williams, uh, both have two championship rings, yeah. okay? <laughs> and Raquana Williams is a former sixth woman of the year. She, I don't want to say single-handedly because that'd be incorrect, but she was a major factor in them winning the championship last last year. Candace Parker out with a foot injury. She's, you know, missed the last, what, uh, 25, 26 games. So uh, it is what it is with, with, with her. So this roster is what it is, and you're going to have to get it done with the core four and Alicia Clark. And Becky, whenever she does manage the minutes, Obviously, when you get to the fourth quarter and you got a 25-point lead, it's easy to manage minutes. Anybody can do that. Right. But she strategically gets them in and out at the ends of periods and beginnings of periods because then you got the timeout between quarters, so you get a little extra time for you know the stars to catch an extra you know an extra minute or two of rest. And then as we go into the playoffs, as you know, there's going to be a few more TV timeouts for. You know, because, you know, it's the playoffs. We've got to get those ads on the, the TV. So she'll be able to manage the minutes and massage it a little bit better when we get to the later rounds when they're not 20-point blowouts. And you're going to need those guys, girls, I should say, mm-hmm. on the floor for more minutes. All right. So uh, game two of the quarterfinals coming up uh, back at Michelob Ultra Arena 12 noon with the start a nationally televised game on ABC or of course you can join me on the radio side we'll be back on our regular radio home ESPN 1100 100.9 FM here in Las Vegas and I think you may be able actually to go to uh, NBA radio on Sirius Satellite XM uh, channel 86 I believe they're going to talk about carrying uh, a most of these playoff games from now on as well too which is which is good but yeah get out there and again it will definitely be a sellout if you uh, uh, can get tickets go to access.com axs.com uh, but again firmly firmly believe that the aces will take care of business and win game two just like they did last year when they opened against Phoenix they had two blowout uh, games get some rest and then they will host uh, the winner of the Atlanta and Dallas series which starts tonight and then want to watch some other games and scoreboard watch Liberty and Mystics. Tournament and that, players. That is probably the best. Cards be- are about to be in the air. That, our tournament. that is probably the best <laughs> first-round matchup that you'll see. Yeah. And Washington beat New York uh, you know, in the last regular season game, went overtime, and uh, now with Elena Deladon back. Yeah. So I know a lot of people are fast-tracking the Aces to the Liberty in the finals, but not so fast. Washington Connecticut will have something to say about it come playoff time because those teams have experience. They're not the normal seed when you talk about you know the Liberty having the second best record so they're supposed to be playing the second worst team at the end of the season Washington wasn't the the second worst team this is a team as you said that had injury problems and got healthy at the right time all right, we come back. Jay Cornegay is going to join us, the vice president of the world-famous Superbook. He steps in. We talk a little NFL and college football. It is a fabulous Friday here at the Westgate Las Vegas. The T.C. Martin Show. There's only one thing we know for sure. The Giants of New York took on the Packers of Green Bay. The Dr. T.C. Martin. He was a most ripping victory by kicking an oblong ball made of pigskin to a big age. The Dr is now in. Back here at our Friday home, the Westgate Las Vegas, inside the world-famous Superbook. No better place to be for your viewing pleasure and, of course, uh, watching all the games, wagering in the comfort here inside the world-famous Superbook, the largest in the world and the most comfortable, of course, smoke-free as well. Jake Cornegay joins us now, the vice president of the Superbook. And I got to say, uh, I was here for Monday Night Football. Uh, just a great atmosphere, uh, very comfortable, and uh, the Buffalo Bills owe me. All right, they owe me. So I'm going to get back on the Buffalo Bills this week because they really upset me on Monday night. But other than that, it was a great experience being here at the Westgate inside the Superbook, Jay. Thank you very much. Oh, good save. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> Well, that, that that whole thing on Monday night was just a shocker. I was actually in my car driving home, and the announcers were going nuts. It's like, he's being carried off the field. He's being carried off the field. I'm like, 
is this really happening? I was like, carried? Because I couldn't see it visually. I was like, I mean, is he being helped off the field or is he being carried off the field? And they were saying carried. Yeah. And then I got back home and I rewound, rewinded the, you know, the game and I was like, oh, okay. I, I, when, when, when they were taking him off the field, I was like, oh, it doesn't seem that bad, you know. But then you could see where, I mean, he just couldn't put any pressure. He couldn't walk. And then when they took him off on the cart, you're like, okay. And then they showed the replays where, you know, you could tell that there was a possible problem there. You could see his left foot just get kind of caught in that awkward position where he had to put some extra pressure, extra weight on that that angle where that's where it normally happens. So really a bummer. Yeah. I was really looking forward to seeing that game, looking forward to seeing him, you know, uh, in a Jets uniform and seeing what he could do with that team because the Jets were a really good – I still believe they're a good team, but they were going to be a really uh, – to a level that they might contend. Yeah. And uh, um, obviously big difference between Zach and Aaron. <laughs> About six points a game. Uh, <laughs> Aaron Rodgers had said today uh, to squash any type of uh, – you know, questions whether he was going to try to come back or not. He goes, absolutely. And he said that uh, does not want to go out like that. And he even left open the possibility. He goes, I'm going to see what timetables are. I'm going to work diligently in rehab. And if there is a chance that I can get back by the end of the year, you know, playoffs, he goes, I'm going to try to push it. He goes, too early to tell right now. He goes, but that is his mindset and that is his goal. And worst case scenario, he is going to come back. Uh, next year, but uh, he said that you know this is definitely motivation for him, and we'll see how it, see how it plays out. I don't think anybody's come back from an Achilles tear in less than a, a year. No, it's uh, it's it's brutal. It, it's a brutal injury, and the rehab, and it, you almost have to question anybody. I mean, to go through that rehab, but hey, a lot of it's motivation. You know, how aggressive uh, you know are you going to attack the rehab? I know this sounds weird, but I know from my horse racing uh, days and injuries and x-rays, you're better off breaking a bone than having soft tissue injuries. Mm, they, sure. It's just, it's time and it and it's never heals a hundred percent. So wish them the best of luck. But uh, Jay, the, you talked about six points, take us inside that discussion after that game in where you put the number, how much you 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 put on Aaron Rodgers because we hadn't seen any of Aaron Rodgers with this Jets team. We know what Aaron Rodgers is worth when he was at Green Bay. What what is that? How did you get to that difference with Zach Wilson? Well, the value of a starting quarterback always depends on the backup quarterback. In this case, uh, you know you went from you know a Hall of Famer uh, that still had a lot of game left to a young. Um, unproven, uh, you know, quarterback, and we, I, we just had to go based off what we saw last year with Zach Wilson. And it wasn't that great. So remember the early line, the Jets at the Cowboys. The early line was Cowboys minus three and a half, and after the injury, we opened nine and a half. So the difference between Zach and Aaron at this time, you know, we're looking at six points. And it might be more, but I, I still think that you know the the team is very good. The team is great defensively. Questions about that offensive line? They still have good receivers. They have a decent you know running game. Um, I, I know their interior offensive line isn't great, but um, does that go into that manage mode? I mean, he, they were really conservative, you know, yeah. where uh, they didn't put the ball in his hands to blow the game. All he did was hand off, and they were able to escape and, and upset the Bills. But uh, obviously, it's it's a big loss. It's a huge, gigantic loss for the Jets. But I still think they could make the playoffs. I certainly don't think they could make the AFC Championship game or anything like that. But making the playoffs is still a possibility. And the 9.5 number also is factored into the game is at Dallas, and then Dallas coming off a 40 to yep. nothing shellacking uh, on the road at New York against the Giants. So I think that factors in. And, of course, Dallas being such a public team as well, I'm sure you, f- you factor all those things into it. Sure. And, uh, I mean, the way Dallas looked, I mean, they looked incredible. I mean, they were – they and, and, and every angle, 
that you, you we tore apart that game a little bit at Dallas, and we were kind of what happened to the Giants there? <laughs> you know, it was just it was it, you know part of that was because the Giants were just so inept, and they looked like they had two days of practice <laughs> before that game. Uh, they were just horrible. Uh, you know, made Dallas look a lot better than they probably really are, but they still are a quality contending team. So, yeah, popularity, sure. I mean, it's going to be really interesting to see how the bets come because that was going to be the highlight of Sunday's card was the Jets at the Cowboys. It still somewhat is. Yeah, Jets with Aaron Rodgers yes. at the Cowboys. That, yeah, definitely. So yeah. that after you always got to look at that 125 Pacific time, mm-hmm. you know, and that you can always tell which game the league is going to highlight. And it certainly, uh, you know, to um, – even though uh, the injury happened, it's still the Jets-Cowboys is going to be the marquee game. All right, Jake Hornigay joins us, the Colorado State alum. So obviously we got to talk with you about, uh, I guess, a, a big game. It's turned into a big game coming up Saturday because for all the media coverage or maybe it has something to do with Deion Sanders or now Jay Norvell has made a name for himself, <laughs> your Colorado State Ram uh, head coach, and he took a shot at Deion Sanders of uh, – uh, habit of wearing, you know, hats, hoodies, sunglasses during news conferences. And on Wednesday, he said, uh, in, in, during his radio show there, uh, I don't care if they hear this in Boulder or not. I took off my hat. I took off my sunglasses. I said, hey, when I talk to grownups, I take my hat and my glasses off. So that's what my mother taught me. So uh, Norvell said, hey, he was real happy about you know, the attention to God. He goes, our kids came out of those interviews with a chip on their shoulder. They're tired of hearing about all this Colorado Buffalo stuff and Deion Sanders. He goes, they are sick and tired of it. And he says, they're, as far as Colorado, they're not going to like us no matter what we say or what we do. It doesn't matter. So let's go up there and play. And that's how we feel about it. All right, Mr. Colorado State alum, when you hear your head coach say that, what do you say? Uh, I said, what's the first half line? <laughs> we know which way you're going, right? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, what are you doing? You're going against I, your alma mater? Like, the, 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 the bear is ready to attack this little poodle, right? Yeah. And, <laughs> and then you, like, jab him, like, in the gut with that, something like that. That's just ridiculous. First of all, he should have said hoodie. Right. I know that's what he was talking about, the hoodie and the sunglasses. I thought Deion Sanders just reacted, I mean, typical of Deion way. At the end of the practice yesterday, he brought in, all his crew came in, and they all gave all the players sunglasses at the end of the practice. And so they all were all wearing sunglasses at the end. And I just saw today, his, his quote today, Dion, said that my kids are on a 10 right now yeah yeah they're ready to go so i don't know if this is all hype whatever i we understand that game days there i mean the rams are popular so i get all the, <laughs> I, I get the attraction but i you know the last thing you want to do is give them bullets and you know um bullet material bullet. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's yeah, just yeah, yeah. just ridiculous so no i i think the bronc or the the rams get waxed I really do. I, I think it's twenty-seven to three at half, fifty-two to seventeen, something like that. If they score seventeen, the well, one yeah. chance you had was letting them look past you to the Oregon game. Right. Yeah. Don't don't have them have a reason to to play. Excuse me, four quarters and beat the snot out of you. But but here's what Norvell's doing. He is just you know, you're building that team up and you're looking, you know. Across the state there, and you're saying, "Look at these guys! Look at these clowns! We've got them! You know, we we could beat them! You know, we could beat them! We got a decent enough offense! Yeah, come on, we could do this! We could do this!" So you're trying to build that up within your own locker room, but then you have to be careful about going out to the public. But they are cocky enough where they actually, you know, they're tired. They don't like Colorado. They hate them to begin with. You know, they're they're laughing at them. You know, during their one in eleven season or whatever. But still, they have not beat Colorado in how how many years, Jay? It's been way too long. It's like 13 <laughs> or 14 years, right? It's been a long so time. So they, they, this is our shot. This is our, they're really not that good. And when you, you can't poke some holes at Colorado because even though they won going away last week, that they didn't look that good. I mean, I think the quarterback was sacked seven times. Mm-hmm. Right? They had numerous penalties. So they're not as good as what they showed against TCU in the opener. 
and they had enough to beat a, a pretty bad team last week. So they're not going to face a very good team this week. But, you know, I can hardly wait for the Oregon game because I'm going to be on the Ducks. Yeah, I'm going to be on the Ducks. <laughs> but what you said just earlier, DC, said in the locker room, mm-hmm. that's where all this stuff stays. Yeah. You know, you've got plenty of bulletin material yourself. Yeah. Right? The CSU could put all these pictures of Dion in the locker room and, and his hoodie and on all the things that they've been doing over the last few months. You have plenty of material. You don't say that in public, right? You keep it to yourself. And, and that's where the big mistake was. I agree with you. I don't think CU is that great. I think they got a fantastic offense with some really good playmakers on it. Okay, but TCU turned it over mm-hmm. in the red zone twice, really two really bad interceptions. TCU would have won that game. Nebraska is not a good measuring stick. They got a horrendous offense. Mm-hmm. I, I looked at Nebraska's schedule. They'll probably still win six games because they have like three or four really patty cakes that they have, but they're not that great. We all we saw that offense against Minnesota the first game. It was just horrendous. No quarterback so, yeah. whatsoever. But, oh, yeah. And their defense, Sims I believe, bad. gives up like eight-plus yards a a play. Yeah. So their defense, which w- was going to be their Achilles heel, you know, going into the season, is still a problem. They they give up a lot of yards. Any team that can really run the ball consistently and not have two butt fumbles in the backfield, <laughs> another backfield turnover. I mean, unforced errors. Three. No, sorry. Four big unforced errors by Nebraska that turned that whole game around. I didn't know Mark Sanchez was a Cornhusker. <laughs> <laughs> it was two. They hit the tight end twice. I know. I know. I it's know. like, what is that? What other games? Well, this this line is 24. Is that where we're seeing with Colorado over Colorado uh, State pretty much? Yeah. I mean, it's around town, uh, uh, around the market, I should say, in other states now. You see anything from 23 to 24. Uh, the first half is 13 and a half. Some 14s now. <laughs> Uh, but uh, it's, I'm getting a little concerned now because Dion's really starting to hype this thing up like he's really going to run it, run it up. Now, is that just, you know? Well, no, he's he's going to want to. There's no question he wants to. But again, uh, you know, just from a talent perspective, okay, are they going to make mistakes? Are they going to be able to do that? Because I believe that Colorado State, they're not going to be intimidated. They're going to be focused. Mm-hmm. They're going to be ready to go. And I know this game. A lot of times it was played, you know, in Mile High or wherever they call it, in yep. Desco Field or whatever. But this game actually is in Boulder, right? They've gone back to the home and home, right? Well, I Boulder, they're okay. They usually get their way, so it's either at Mile High or in Boulder, and then maybe one out of five games will be in Fort Collins. <laughs> the last time they were scheduled to be in Fort Collins, the game was canceled, and actually. CSU was favored in that game. Okay, the early line at CSU was going was a better team just a couple of years ago than than CU. They were a five point favorite, and then the game was canceled. So, um, but they do kind of alternate between Boulder and Denver. Um, it's a uh, it's a tough matchup when when you know the Rams program has been down for many many years now, and uh, really hasn't shown too much. You know, in the last year or so, I know that he started with nothing, Norville, but, uh, you know, administration likes him. The fans do like him, uh, but uh, that was a, a terrible show, showing in that first game against Washington State. They didn't yeah. show much there either, so we'll, ha- we'll have to see. I mean, I'm concerned about the DBs of CSU because I think all of them run like 5'8", 40s, and I don't think they're going to be able to keep up with you know those players. Five eight forties. Yeah. No, serious. You're like a five nine, aren't you? I'm right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, since we talked a little little Mountain West there, Colorado State. How about uh, UNLV? Okay, they're at home. Uh, Barry Odom took out some some moral victories with his team. They went up to Michigan. They covered the line. You know, UNL, <laughs> UNLV has covered their last seven and non-conference uh, foes. So, something to think about. So, Vanderbilt's coming into town, 4 o'clock tomorrow at Allegiant Stadium. Vanderbilt is like UNLV. They're struggling. However, probably a little bit more continuity with Vandy. Uh, their coach just got a contract extension. He's an alum of Vanderbilt. Been there three seasons. Uh, Vanderbilt has not looked good for the most part 
this year. They got beat by Wake Forest rather handily, made a lot of mistakes. This line is right around 4-4.5 four, four in favor of Vandy. What do you think of this game, and are you seeing much action on this game? We are seeing some action on this game. Um, it's it's kind of creeped up. I think we saw some fives earlier today. I haven't looked at it in the last couple hours, but we did see some fives earlier. So some, some money coming in on Vandy. Um, didn't UNLV beat Vandy? Was Did they beat Vandy a couple years ago? I think it's 2018. Was it 2018? Yeah, when they, it was oh, 2018 or 2019, yeah. When UNLV won. Yeah. Wasn't that in Vandy? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, okay. So it's been a little while. That's why but it's the, this is the long, paid, I, you know, we're the home and home. It had that's like a big home and home. Five, five or six yeah. years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Catch you six well, years later. Well, but yeah, because yeah. they couldn't schedule it, you know, find yeah. the right spot, whatever. But I like what UNLV is doing. You know, I, I think they have some potential there. Uh, again, some playmakers. I think that um, the problem with UNLV recently, in recent years, has been in the linemen. Mm-hmm. You know, they wear down a little bit. They're probably a little undersized. We, de- we, we, we get some speed back there. We get some playmakers. But, you know, that defensive line or offensive line, it's just been, you know, Lacking in over the last few years, and I'm not sure if they addressed it this year. I, I really don't know. You probably know more about that than I do, but uh, that's where I see their weaknesses uh, over the last uh, few years. Yeah, there's no question about that. My concern yeah. with UNOV is going to be able to stop the running game. Now, you know Michigan was going to dominate the, the line of scrimmage, so you had a physical game last week. Bryant ran for 179 yards against UNLV in the first week. You've got an SEC school coming in. You you know they're going to try to you know dominate the trenches. That's my concern. After a trip to the big house, physical game, come home as you said, moral victory. In why do they do so well? Non-conference, they're always a huge huge underdog, and the other teams probably looking past them to somebody else. Vandy is not going to be looking past UNLV. This is a game on their schedule that they have to get, and that's what scares me with taking UNLV plus the points. Again, remember like when Iowa State came in a couple years years ago, this is not Iowa State. I mean, Vandy is not that. Vandy is a better, slightly better version than UNLV. And so I, I think, you know, you know, playing at home, and I think – you know, when you look at UNLV, they have not made a lot of mistakes. You know, not a lot of, you know, stupid penalties, yeah. self-inflicted penalties. So if they play a, a clean game, I think that they'll be able to hang around. And so, you know, maybe taking a shot with a home underdog here, especially if this line keeps cre- creeping up, there could be some value. Yeah. Especially in a teaser, Marco. Double digits. <laughs> hey, how about a this, Jay? Teaser. Colorado State and UNLV. You like that that teaser, Jay? No. <laughs> Jay, Jay, do you? I, I've been so sorry. We don't have enough time for this yeah. conversation. I told him. I said, "You ask Jay if he ever sits on a Saturday worried about exposure on college teasers, like he does on an NFL Sunday in teasers." I, I try to tell him, "Don't, yeah, don't do it," but he, he still does. Yeah, it. You, you, you play the teasers yourself for football. What are you talking about? NFL, oh, NFL, no college, uh, no. Oh yeah, no. big difference. Big difference. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of value. In the NFL, numbers are so tight, yeah. you know. And if you can tease through those key numbers, whether it's seven, exactly. six, yep. four, three, you know, it doesn't really matter in the college college ranks. But uh, and you know, the bigger games, maybe it, it, there's some value there. But something like teasing uh, Colorado State uh, from twenty three to twenty nine. Yeah, no so, so many more possessions, you know. Too. In yeah, college but you're talking in the NFL. The lower the total is the better the teaser opportunity is because points are at a premium. This frequency of scoring in college football is too high. So, Jay, NFL side, Raiders going to Buffalo. Uh, Buffalo, an eight-and-a-half point favorite. I'm sure that uh, there's got to be some Buffalo love, even though people look at what happened last week and they see what Josh Allen did or didn't do you know, with the four turnovers. But you got to believe that there's people out there that are thinking, okay, bounce back uh, for Buffalo. This is their home opener. And the Raiders traveling cross country, even though they've been hanging out in a country club in West Virginia for the last three days, uh, which is true. Uh, what's going on here? Eight and a half is the number. Yeah, that's a big number. Um, you know, I think that I wasn't really high on Buffalo coming into the season. I still, I mean, respect them. I think they're going to be a quality team. But I just, 
let's put it this way. I didn't think they were going to be to the same level as we saw the last couple of years. I think they just, you know, there's, there's some internal issues there. You know, um, I know that I heard Diggs is complaining all the time. You know, he's kind of bagging on Allen a bit, you know, so getting him the ball or not getting him in the ball enough. So there's some grumblings going up on up in Buffalo. So, um, and I don't, I think the, where the Raiders are right now, I thought Garoppolo looked really good. I thought he moved around, made a, a lot of uh, nice plays, key plays in that game against Denver, and that's not easy to do. I know Denver's defense is De- Denver's defense is very good, but Garoppolo made some really good, key, you know, plays in key moments to win that game, and I, I can see that happening up in Buffalo, at least keeping it close. And everybody's going to say, "Well, it's a must-win for Buffalo." Kind of is, but that's just to win the game. You're getting eight and a half, nine points. That's that's a lot of points in the NFL. Hey, tease Buffalo down. There you go. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Tell everybody. Everybody, yeah. I know that's what, that's, <laughs> why the line, that's why the line will be nine on Sunday <laughs> to try to slow that down. <laughs> yeah. You know, a ton of people will be on that. Uh, real quick, uh, any other NFL games they're seeing significant action on? Line movement? Not really. Uh, you know, you look at the uh, the Sunday night game is getting some good attention on both sides. The Dolphins, um, you know, at the Patriots, really interesting matchup there. Uh, the two Monday night games, um, I, you know, I thought the Browns and the Steelers would get some attention. Not yet, but I know it will. And I love this doubleheader. I, why did they do it the first week? Because it was the Jets in Buffalo. You you didn't oh, want to split the time uh, with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Come okay. on. So they did, okay. yeah, with week gotcha. two. But no, yeah. you're right. It's A lot of people yeah. are saying that, like, why? This is what they've traditionally done over the last yeah. few years. Yeah. That so, makes sense. Yeah. Okay. But so you, now you have a doubleheader, which I really enjoy. Um, you got, so what, Saints at Panthers, uh, Browns at the Steelers. Browns and Steelers will get some attention. No. Saints and Panthers, not so much. Right. He is Jay Cornegay. He's the vice president of the Race and Sportsbook Operations here at the Superbook. My man, appreciate it as always. And uh, good luck uh, to you. And I don't know if you see a guy, you know, wearing some Colorado State Ram, uh, you know, jersey on Sunday or Monday or, you know, back here at the office. I think it's going to be a really interesting handshake after the game. Right. No matter what happens. I'm pretty sure Dion's going to have some sunglasses on, though. <laughs> Jay's going to walk into the office on Monday with the, you know, with the shades on, dark shades. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Take care. Appreciate it. All right. We come back. we got best bets coming your way. Trevor Madge will be joining us. Marco and I will take a good hard look at uh, the key games on the college side and the NFL side and a little Major League Baseball as well. It is a fabulous Friday here inside the Superbook. <laughs> 